Hey guys, welcome to the Candid Confidence Podcast. I'm your host, Leah Pardy from CandidConfidence.com. I'm a confidence coach, blogger, and online course instructor here to help you unleash your inner badass. This podcast is for the girl who is ready to ditch the self-doubt, overcome the overthinking, and live a life that feels fearless and free. So let's do the damn thing. Hi love, so glad you decided to press play today and join us here as we discuss something that is so close to my heart. Today, we're going to talk about work-life balance and why it's not only good for your soul, but also good for your success and career advancement. It took me entirely too long into my career to learn this, so I'm hoping to help you before you spend any more of your days being consumed by work and nothing else. So if you've tuned into the podcast, you probably have heard me mention that I'm a recovering workaholic. I remember actually hearing that term tossed around when I was young, maybe in college age or high school, and it was people's dads were workaholics, right? And I remember thinking, how on earth could someone be addicted to working? It doesn't make any sense. How are you addicted to working? I get I get alcohol, right? Because it's fun. Working? How are you a workaholic? It doesn't make any sense. Until you're in it. Until you're knee deep in it. Oh man, I pretty much became a workaholic within a few months of starting my first job after college. Which if I never told you what that job was, which I don't think I've ever talked about it, but... Literally my first day on the job was spent on my hands and knees trying to catch a live cockroach on the floor of a hospital. Yes, those were the good old days. Um, I was an assistant manager in the housekeeping department at a hospital. Lord have mercy and bless the people who are doing that job. It's definitely um, an important job, absolutely. But it was also surprisingly very high pressure. If you've ever worked in a hospital, you know what I mean by that environment. It's literally life or death situations and a lot of like running from one crisis to the next. I also spent a lot of the time there reporting directly to the to the COO whenever my boss wasn't around. So I would literally be in the C-suite, you know, responding to situations. And as a 22-year-old, that's a lot of pressure. And that person I was reporting to wasn't the most easygoing individual either. But, I mean, if I thought my job was demanding, you can only imagine how she felt, who's someone actually running the hospital. So how did I become a workaholic? Well, for one, I've always been driven. I've always actually loved working, regardless of the job. I've, I've loved almost all of my jobs because I've always loved the feeling of accomplishment crossing things off a checklist, putting in a hard day's work and then going home. Um, You know, I'm very accomplishment driven, but I also love a good pat on the back. Like, I love it. But luckily, I have learned how to pat my own damn back, thank goodness. I'm a three on the Enneagram, if that helps any of you understand, um, which basically means just being super accomplishment driven. That's kind of my nature. If you haven't taken the Enneagram, I highly recommend it. You can Google it and take take it as a free personality test. And the results are pretty interesting. It gets you in touch with yourself and it makes it helps you kind of explain things about yourself. So, but at the time of the situation, I was 22 years old. I was not very confident in myself and I was very much worried about what everyone else was thinking. 
I really didn't have a lot of self-trust or self-love or belief in myself. And, you know, my job required working the hours of 6.30, about, I think it was 6.30 to 3. But I normally got there at like 6 and left at around 4. Why? There's a number of reasons for this. One of the reasons for working above and beyond hours, I think for anyone, is just feeling the pressure to get a lot of stuff done, right? Wanting things to go smooth, wanting to do a job well, wanting to advance and get promoted, wanting to look good for the boss. Those things were all super important to me. And when I would read about career success, which like I extensively studied, you know, how to be successful in your career. And I read a lot of books. Actually, I have a blog post, I think I just put this on last week, about books that will help you in your career, and I have five of my favorites on there, so go check that out, canonconfidence.com. But yeah, I read a lot of books, and unfortunately, a lot of the advice um, is the same, which is be the first in the door and the last to leave. Put in the extra hours, essentially. That's like popular advice, right? And it's not terrible advice. It frankly got me pretty far in my career. However... I have reason to believe that I may have been better off without those hours and replacing that with something else. Why else would someone put in extra hours at work? This is where shit gets really interesting. Imposter syndrome. Have you ever heard of it? Basically, it primarily happens to women, although I think it can happen to anyone. But it's specifically a phrase that describes when a person doesn't feel worthy of their title and they have that little voice in their subconscious telling them that they may be found out as a fraud. Someone might find out they're not quite good enough. Basically, it's insecurity, right? But the effects that imposter syndrome has on one's career are fascinating. And, you know, if you if you kind of do some research on this, it's really interesting because so many prominent individuals have struggled with this. Famous actresses that are freaking top-notch have described it as being hired for a fabulous acting gig, getting there on the first day, and being terrified of being fired. People like Emma Watson, you know, people that have um, built a very successful career for themselves, they feel like, oh, this must have been a fluke. How did I get this gig? I'm not good enough for this, right? So it affects everybody to a degree. And it's really interesting the the effects it can have on, on people's career. For me, I literally felt this feeling of guilt if I would leave work on time, if I didn't stay late, if I took breaks. Oh my gosh, I feel like at this hospital job when I was running around looking for cockroaches, I wouldn't even take lunch breaks. Like I went through months of not even giving myself a lunch break and I wore that like a badge of freaking honor. It's almost like if I wasn't constantly running around stressing the fuck out, I felt like people would would think I wasn't working hard enough or... You know, I just, I wanted to almost be a stress ball because I wanted to showcase the fact that I was working hard, that I was worth keeping around, that I deserved to be there. I was an assistant manager. I managed people that were twice my age. At the age of 22, I was managing people that were as old as my grandparents in the housekeeping department. And that was something that was hard for me to feel worthy of doing. And this stayed with me for quite some time in my career, this imposter syndrome. And for a brief period of time when I worked as a sales representative, it lessened a bit, but as soon as I got back into management, there it was again. Just feeling so strongly that I needed to prove myself, that I wasn't good enough on my own, like working normal hours and showing myself being happy and relaxed and being happy and relaxed, 
that wasn't good enough was my fear. Okay, so technically, you know, I, I advanced pretty quickly and had a lot of career success. And this was probably part of that. You know, I put a lot of pressure on myself. I worked a shit ton. But was it necessary? Or would it have been better if I had worked the normal hours, gave myself a damn lunch break, let myself relax a little bit, but believed in myself? If I could have come across with an energy of, I know I'm good enough to be here. I know I deserve this. And that I have what it took without being a stress ball, I could have projected confidence. And I'm convinced I would have still gotten all the same promotions and success. I'm convinced that if I had spent the time that I overworked myself and the energy, I poured all my energy into my job. If I would have spent that time working on myself, not only would I have had the same success, there's other huge, huge benefits that actually fucking matter a whole lot. But back when I was catching cockroaches and teaching people how to clean toilets, you know, it's, it's an important job. Um, no disrespect on that job. It's just funny for me to think about now. But back then, I would come home from work and cry all the time. I was so stressed out. I had terrible anxiety. I was exhausted mentally and physically, and I was burned out. And who took the brunt of that other than myself? My husband. He was my boyfriend at the time, but my husband, same person. And looking back, you're only 22 once. And anyone who's in their later 20s, 30s, or older probably looks back and thinks, oh man, I could have done things differently. For me, I wish I would have let myself have some freaking fun. I've always been the type to grow up too fast and unlike money, time is actually limited. It's pretty much the only resource that's, that's truly, truly limited that we can't just create more of. You know what's interesting though? I learned about imposter syndrome back then. I read about it. I knew what it was. I knew I had it to a degree, but I didn't realize its impact. I didn't realize that that was the reason I was struggling to just work normal hours. I thought I was just such a hard worker and so driven, which was part of it. But a bigger part was my insecurity. I never felt good enough. I panicked of the idea of not getting to work before my bosses. So because if they knew I was there before them, they would think better of me because I didn't believe enough in myself. And I think there's one more factor into this. Making money was super important to me. I always heard the quotes about work-life balance, like how, you know, how it's so, so much more important to be there for your family than your job and blah, blah, blah. And, but I felt like the only way to make a good living for myself was to work, 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 work. I didn't think any other possibilities existed. I had a one-track mind for the hustle. I didn't know anything else. So what do I think the ideal work-life balance scenario looks like? And how does it equate to just as much cash flow, if not way more, all the career success and recognition plus family time and time for yourself? I'm so glad you asked. First of all, having a thriving career, okay, getting those promotions, making a lot of money, it probably isn't truly the most important thing to you. 
It often feels that way, but what are you truly looking for? I want you to think about what you're truly after. For a lot of us, it's that feeling of, I'll be happy when blank. Is it a feeling of security? Feeling of pride? Feeling like a provider? Thinking you'll be happy when you have the money for this or for that? At the end of the day, we're chasing after emotions. And we're forgetting one crucial thing. We already have access to those emotions, to those feelings. And we can tap into them anytime. Think about one of the emotions you're seeking. Think about one of your I'll be happy when blank feelings. What is it that you're truly seeking? Got it? Now think of another time in your life when you felt that emotion. If it's freedom that you're seeking, if it's security, if it's you know joy, if it's whatever, pride, tap into another time when you felt that emotion. And practice feeling into what it feels like to already have that thing, to already have that result that you're working so hard for. What would that feel like for you? Because shifting yourself into that vibration is how you'll truly start to attract more of that into your life. Remember, like attracts like. So when we can get ourselves into a vibrational state that matches what we're looking for, we're creating more of it. We get what we focus on, you guys. We get more of what we put our focus on. And when we put our focus on the hustle, essentially we're putting a focus on lack. We're putting a focus on, I'm not good enough yet. I'll be happy when blank, right? So we're putting a focus on needing to do all of these external things in order to create an emotion. When really we can put our focus on those emotions right now and attract and build on more of that into our lives. Last night, (laughs) oh my God, you may have seen on my Insta story, but I was at a haunted amusement park, which was actually really, really cool. It's an amusement park here called Kennywood. It's not always haunted. It's um, regular, regular amusement park, but, and it's here in Pittsburgh. Um, For the month of October, they fill it with haunted houses. They turn like all the different attractions into scary ones and you can like ride roller coasters which is also freaking terrifying to me but then you like go in and there's like the spooky characters walking around trying to pretend they're going to hurt you or whatever and it was actually really really cool and really fun but for me when i'm in a haunted house and someone has a what i know to be a pretend chainsaw and they're walking up to me and they're slowly approaching me It scares my pants off, you guys. Literally scares the shit out of me. I freak out. I ran from someone last night. I think it's fun. Like, I obviously do all this for fun, but I legitimately feel scared. Same thing on the roller coaster. I (laughs) prayed to Jesus the entire time. Why? Why would I be actually physically scared when I know on a conscious level that these people are just actors. Like they're not actually zombies because that's how our brain works. Our subconscious can't differentiate between real and imagined. That's why things like that scare us. Maybe not everybody's as scared of it, but oh, just hit my microphone. But if you can imagine it, you can create it. Everything we have in our world was first imagined. 
And if you can imagine those emotions, if you can create those out of just looking at something that's supposed to be scary, and you can create those emotions to go along with it, that's exactly what you need to do to manifest what you want. Not like with a scary aspect, right? But those emotions are available for us to tap into, and that's what we're truly after. The feeling of what it would be like to be successful, to have money, to feel security, to have freedom, that's what we're after is emotions. So figure out what that is that you truly seek to feel. A lot of it too goes back to the lack. Are we, for me, I feel like I was just, I was so focused on fear. I was afraid of losing my job. I was afraid of not being successful. I was afraid of not getting promoted, making money, all of those things. I was afraid and I was focusing on fear. And so while the hustle got me some success, it didn't truly get me the happiness. It didn't really get me what I was after. And therefore, if I had never caught on to this, I'd probably be hustling away day after day after fucking day after something that was inside of me the entire time. And it wouldn't have just shown up, right? Because I was focusing on the fear. I was building more of that. So focus on what you want and practice feeling into the feelings of what it would feel like to already have that thing. You can create those vibrations that will make you a match for what you want. And just practice, practice this because it becomes easier and easier over time. Okay, so aside from seeking the emotions and understanding why we want success so badly, what about the other side, um, the other benefits of taking things slower and not being in hustle mode 24 seven? There is this thing called flow. And flow is when you are so aligned, so in touch with your higher self, and so in tune with your truth that you're following along with your intuition in a thing called flow. And it's amazing. And basically what a day would look like is waking up naturally because when you're truly tapped in, you would like stop needing alarm clocks. Like I almost always wake up right before my alarm clock. Even though like today is Saturday for me and I set my alarm on a totally different time than I do throughout the week. But because I'm so in tuned, I just freaking am in my truth and I don't even need a freaking alarm clocks. It's wild. So waking up and just following your intuition, letting it guide you, going into the next thing you want to do, letting it guide your morning routine. What do you want to eat for breakfast? following your intuition and just going with what you want to have nourish your body intuitively, choosing the things that you know will make you feel good, and then doing the next thing that you know will make you feel good. But we can't access our intuition or get ourselves aligned into flow if we are overstressed, overthinking, and anxiously working ourselves to the bone, guys. We've got to take our time and allow ourselves mindful moments where we aren't staring at a screen or listening to anything other than our own thoughts. I was just talking about this on Instagram. It's, it was so hard for me. I can remember my mom saying to me about like the power of taking deep breaths and I would do yoga when I was younger and I would be like this, it would frustrate me so bad to be doing something so slow. Like I didn't, I was like, this is awful. <laughs> the thought of meditating, like, I couldn't even bear the thought of just sitting in my own thoughts because I was so tuned into the go, 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 go. 
But taking mindful moments to tune into yourself, which meditation is so powerful for, allows us to get to a place of alignment. It allows us also to train our brain to let all the distracting thoughts slip away so we can get to our own inner truth. It really takes taking a step back and spending time alone. Taking time off work, leaving work on time so we can take that time to work on ourselves, taking ownership of our time. And that's why mindfulness work is so, so, so important and literally life-changing for people. And I always say this to people who tell me that they can't meditate. If you're sitting there trying to meditate and your mind is swimming with overthinking and you're just like, I can't, you need it more. Like you're the person who needs it because we've got to learn how to relax all of that. We've got to. If we ever want to tune into our intuition, access true happiness, that's where it is. I love the saying that says, if you don't go within, you go without. So true. Okay, but you're wondering now, what's this whole thing about flow and self-love and taking mindfulness breaks? How is that going to get me more money and success? Because when we can tune in to our intuition, when we can learn to follow our intuition, we're going to make more right choices that lead us on the right path. Our intuition is our guiding light. It knows what we need to do. It's just so often overpowered by all of the other thoughts we have that we take in from society that are running through our minds all day long that we mistake for the truth. How many times have you made a choice that turned out to be an error or that you feel you could have done better and you think to yourself, I knew I shouldn't have done that. I knew what the right answer was. I knew it. Deep down, I knew it. But we don't go with those deep down thoughts. We don't go with our gut. We go surface level. We go with the status quo. We go along with what is expected of us. When you learn to follow your intuition, a whole new world opens up for you. Intuition is what has guided people to life-changing advances in technology. It's what guided people to invent things like the light bulb and telephone and airplanes. When everyone said, why are you wasting your time? That's not possible. People have been guided by their intuition all along. It leads people to discoveries that change the world. It leads people to breakthroughs. But not enough of us follow it because we don't even know where it is. I remember hearing about intuition years ago and thinking, well, what is it? Like, I've never heard it because it was so overshadowed with all of the overthinking. And then there's also the aspect of building confidence and belief in yourself. This is truly key because if you want to be successful and get promoted and advance in your career, you've got to fucking believe in yourself. Once you have that, you won't need to put in so much extra effort. Half the time that extra effort, that's us running around just trying to look busy, is a waste. And once you have like the confidence and belief in yourself and you can trust yourself, you'll know you're gonna get it done, you'll know you're gonna have the right results, and guess what? Others will start to believe in you. People are just picking up on your energy. Whatever you're feeling about yourself, whatever insecurities that you have about yourself are probably being projected and others can sense that and pick up on that. 
And once you fully believe in yourself, people can sense that and they'll start to believe in you too. And that's the person that's going to move up the ladder the most quickly. That's the person who's also going to take the initiative to apply for the job or ask for the promotion that they don't, wouldn't have felt ready for until they built the confidence in themselves. And there's one more final note on all of this. The truth. The most important thing in the entire world. Love. Giving love to others is very important. But we've got to love ourselves first. We can't truly love anyone else. We can't truly give anyone else our best until we learn to love ourselves. And loving yourself means taking time for yourself, giving yourself a fucking break, forgiving yourself often, approving of yourself, even when others don't, or most likely you're perceiving that others don't because deep down, that's how you feel. That's truly the ticket to happiness. That's the true emotion that we are probably all seeking when we're doing all of these hustly things. So I'm gonna ask you to take a moment and think about this and feel into what would it feel like? What would the emotions be if you truly and deeply, unconditionally loved yourself? All right, I hope this episode inspired you, motivated you to be your best self, and if you have any questions on any of this, go ahead and shoot me a, a message over on Instagram. Um, would love, love, love to chat. I'm at candid.confidence on Instagram where I'm typically hanging out. And if you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and take a snapshot of it. Share it on your Insta story, share it on Facebook. Let me know, tag me in it and tell us what your biggest takeaway was. And don't forget to give me a rating and a review so others can find the podcast. Hit the subscribe button and I will see you next week. I love you and have a fabulous day. Goodbye.